This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to yet another edition of the Post Game Review Podcast. We're just, we're going all out here. We're Apparently two is the new one. I don't know what that means. Tim Fitzgerald and Brian Hanley. Hello, Brian Hanley. Hello. How did the, uh, I told everyone about the Halloween party. How did that go? You know, it went great. Uh, there were lots of ghouls, lots of goblins, uh, lots of food. Uh, there were a few alcoholic beverages that got passed around, so we had a good time. Good. Yeah, that's that's the way you're supposed to do it. Did anyone come dressed as a cowboy and then proceed to get their ass kicked? Oh, I was hoping so. I was hoping so. But nobody did that. Nobody did it because I would have been the one that would have done the ass kicking. Yeah. But uh, nobody nobody came, so I didn't have to deal with that. Okay. Well, it's 48 to nothing. Everyone knows that by now, and everyone is sitting around doing exactly what we're going to do for the next 30 minutes or so. Try to figure out how Kansas State opened up a giant case of whoop ass on Oklahoma State Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I, I've said ass three times now. Count that one. Uh, but there's I, I'm, I'm searching for words, Brian. Well, it was just absolutely amazing what happened Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Yeah, it was just, I mean, unbelievable. They, I mean, it was just, I couldn't believe everything that was going on. It was just amazing to see how good we played and how we just literally dominated the entire football game. It was absolutely incredible. I just, I loved every second of it. Every second of it. There, there was no reason not to love it. And speaking of something you should be loving, you should be loving Caddyshack Golf. It's Caddy with two Ts. They're the sponsor of the Powercat Post Game Review Podcast. They are reaping the benefits of fired up fans and bonus podcasts this season. Make sure you go over to Caddyshack.com. It's Caddy with two Ts. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Really cool. Golfing Willie apparel. But even if you're not a golfer, you're going to love their stuff. Their stuff is like 48 to nothing. That's how good their stuff is. <laughs> I, you know, from the very get-go, um, uh, 
we suspected Will Howard would get the start. As it turned out, it was a lot closer to Adrian Martinez than we'll ever really fully realize, I think, because they went into the locker room after warm-ups and literally said, how do you feel, Adrian? He said, I'm kind of limited. I'm not going to be able to do everything. And uh, they said, well, let's go with Will. And he said, okay, we'll get it done. And Will got it done. And those two are exceedingly close. It kind of sums up the, this whole team. You got two guys, only one can play typically at a time. And they were like brothers. They just they, they they're they're happy for each other. But when you talk about this game, you got to start with Will Howard, and uh, it was just incredible. I feel so good for Will Howard because he's taken so much crap. He's had opportunities to have you know big games, and it just hasn't worked out in the past. Even TCU last week, boy, he had a game. He had a yeah. game and a half. Yeah. I mean, Will played phenomenal. I mean, look, he got the opportunity, which I was glad to see because I think last week against TCU, I think he was doing some good things. And I think that, you know, some of the stuff that he was doing well early got taken out of, you know, the play calling kind of took him out of rhythm and then he got out of rhythm and then it just snowballed from there. That didn't happen yesterday. And boy, did he deliver. I can't be more proud of a guy uh, again. And I've said it before. I don't know that there's a whole lot of people that have been more critical of him. But when you play well, you do things and you fight it better. And then you're able to actually show it on the field. I can't be happier. Can't be prouder of the guy. I mean, he just stepped up and did his thing. I mean, it was, I mean, I know all K-State fans obviously had a good day yesterday, but I'm especially happy for him for the way that he played. Well, let's start with this. Will Howard played great, but he also had a clean pocket most of the day. He, yeah. he, he rolled out a couple times. His first touchdown pass, he was under a little bit of pressure, rolled to his left, and then threw a strike right down to the field to Cade Warner. It was a fabulous throw. But that op, that offensive line played with attitude. They played precisely. I mean, uh, when you go back, I, I sent you a tweet of the the screenplay to Cade Warner that the offensive lineman got out in front of and just absolutely decimated the Oklahoma State defense. Hadley Panzer killed a man. He, he, yeah. he had a trident, <laughs> and he killed a man. Uh, he, oh. he spiked him. He Yes. I, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get a penalty. Yeah, I'm surprised I mean, the ref to go that was holding, even though I don't think it was after I've watched it. Uh, just give me your thoughts uh, on the offensive line, Brian. That's your I that's mean, your bread and butter. Offensive line played as well as they played this week. I, I haven't seen them play better this year. Uh, I mean, they didn't play well last week. We all know that. But as bad as they played last week, they played equally as good this week. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, and like you said, I mean, they were pushing people around, kept the pocket clean, ran the ball when we needed, when we wanted to run it, and when we needed to run it. Just pushed guys around. I think it got to them. I really do. I, I think the coaches leaned on them and said, look, you played horrible, and you're way better than this. And when you can, when they play up to their capabilities, this is what it looks like. And I think moving forward, I think they will understand that because – they're really good. They are fits. They're just good. And when you play like this, these are the type of outcomes that can that will will happen. Not could happen. That will happen when the offensive line is pushing people around, keeping the pocket clean, just literally dominating the line of scrimmage. It was 
awesome. Just awesome. It, it really was. It was just physical domination. I'm used to Oklahoma State being a really physical team. I was incredibly worried about this game coming out of TCU that banged up and then playing Oklahoma State I I just was afraid K-State would be decimated by injuries heading into the Texas game but that didn't happen I feel like K-State jumped on Oklahoma State so quickly so emphatically that the Cowboys just backed off the fight they're like well we're done we're we're done we're gonna play through the motions here and um, I don't know what's going on with Oklahoma State but they did not look like they even cared after that first K-State touchdown. It was like, well, okay, we're going to lose. Uh, it was the strangest thing yeah. I've ever seen from a quality team. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I'm not going to go as far as say that they quit, but I will go as far as to say exactly what you said, that they literally just didn't care. I think that they're banged up in certain spots, not as many as we are and definitely not as key positions, but they're still banged up. I mean, they're they're pretty banged up as well. And instead of digging in and fighting like we did, I think they just said, well, if we're banged up, it's not going well. We'll just go through the motions and, you know, see what happens. Maybe we'll be good enough to compete. Maybe we won't. But that's going to be our excuse. And and, and you can see it. You can see it. uh, But too bad for them. Good for us. Spencer Sanders is a whale of a quarterback. He's been there um, for 17 years. That's how long Spencer Sanders been quarterback <laughs> at Oklahoma State. Uh, he just was non-functional. He just he is so banged up, or he's psychologically out of it. He he wasn't a threat to run or throw. It was kind of painful to watch him try yeah. to play, but not as painful as watching Gunnar Gundy come into play uh, because he was spectacularly bad except for one run. They, they've got some issues. If Spencer Sanders isn't healthy, Oklahoma State suddenly turns into a bad football team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can talk about the depth issues that K-State has. I think we found out that we definitely have another quarterback that can play football. I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more about that later. But as far as what their concern is, if they have to play, oh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's some nepotism with Coach's son being there. I'm not sure, whatever the case may be. But he can't play at the Big 12. I mean, at least I didn't see that. And if he, if, if Sanders goes down, Oklahoma State's a bad football team, a rotten football team. Yeah, they just don't have the type of players. And it is injuries. Their running backs were very pedestrian. Their their defense was just un, uninvolved. I, I don't, I don't yeah. even know. You know, it, it looked like a, a really, really bad defense that just wants to sit out there in zone, and K-State receivers are just running free in the seams. It's just that they didn't seem to have any spark or life to them throughout the game, and Will Howard cut them up. And with that said, Will Howard was only 21 of 37. Um, 296, yeah. four touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, but – he didn't even complete that that higher percentage. There were still lots of plays out there for Kansas State that didn't get cashed in. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. I think K-State, a little complacency set in in the second half. Um, you know, being up so much and literally Oklahoma State just not putting up any type of a fight. But you're right. There, This game could have been 60 to nothing because yeah. there were plays that were out there that didn't get made. You know, if we're trying to, you know, be critical of everything, which I am not going to do, but if we were, there were plays out there to be, I mean, it could literally, but it could have been 60 to nothing. I mean, they didn't put up any fight. Um, but again, like I said, too bad for them. Good for us. Yeah. I, 
it was painful to watch, but I was darn glad it wasn't the team I was covering that that kind of folded up their tent. Brian, they go to Kansas next week or this coming Saturday. That team's going to lose by two two scores if, if that's yeah. how the the attitude they'd go on the field with. Kansas with or out without their top quarterback is going to route that team. They, they just, yeah. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what Oklahoma state's got in the tank because they're still in the fight. Now, granted they're, they're essentially two games behind Kansas state, even though it's one because they have the K state's got the tiebreaker, but they're still in the mix here. I mean, yeah, there's nothing easy here. K state could lose two more games easily in this final f- stretch of four games. With Texas and Baylor, and then you go to West Virginia, get Kansas. It, you could find some losses in there. Te- the, Oklahoma State could be right back in the mix for the Big 12 championship, but it looked like at halftime they said, well, season's over, basically. And I I, I just can't wrap my mind around a Mike Gundy team shutting down like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of what you said. It was a little painful to watch. It's uncharacteristic of Oklahoma State team, but I don't know. Maybe the leadership – isn't as strong as what we think. Uh, Sometimes that can happen. A little adversity sets in and people just put it in the tank. If your, if your leadership in your locker room isn't right, uh, that'll happen. Uh, But you know, I I don't know. I I, I think a lot of it had to do with K-State just imposed their will on them. And they knew that there was nothing that they could do about it. it. Just the game got away from them. We just literally imposed our will, and they just they couldn't fight back. We didn't allow them to fight back. I just I want to give more credit to us doing and dominating them versus them yeah, quitting. I agree. You know, I I fully am a believer that that's what happened. That we just put so much pressure on them and dominated the football game that they just said, no matter what we do. We can't win, so let's just ride this thing out and get out of here, and hopefully everybody's healthy. Deuce Vaughn, 22, 22 carries, 158 yards, a touchdown. The long run was 62 yards right up the middle of that Oklahoma State defense. It looks like an easy run. When you see it on replay from behind, you realize how he picked a seam and kind of you know, got through there horizontally and then had a burst of speed. Deuce Vaughn looked as healthy as he's looked since the start of the season, I feel like. I feel like that was Deuce Vaughn, not the banged-up version we've seen the last few weeks. Yep, absolutely. Looked healthy, had some bursts. Uh, you can tell the plays where he he felt a little nicked or got a little nicked. Uh, you can see that. Uh, but he, at the beginning of the game, the beginning of the football game, he looked like he had a burst, looked healthy, uh, and that's good. That's good to see. I also believe that some other things helped him. Uh, clearly, passing the football has helped him because teams just had decided you're not going to run the football. You're just not going to run it. And we did some things that actually helped him and and opened up some stuff. But the guy looked healthy. I mean, in my opinion, he's the best running back in college football. I know that's a biased opinion, but I think it is an honest one. Yep. So. Yeah, I agree. You can make a great argument for that. And speaking of that passing game, Malik Knowles, he was targeted 13 times by Will Howard. He had eight catches, 113 yards. 47 yards after completion on running. That's amazing. 28 was his long. Good for Malik Knowles. He had that kind of breakthrough game that we knew he had in him. And you could see him respond to being more involved in the offense. He had a little fire in him you don't see from Malik all the time. Yeah, it's good. I mean, look, we've been crying and, and, and moaning and screaming wide receivers. 
Come to play. Show us something. Do something. Get some separation. Help out. Part of it is play calling. You got to call the plays. And when they got their opportunities, I mean, the kid, all of them for the most part, but the league just literally just took advantage. Again, you have to be excited when you get an opportunity, when you don't think that you're being involved enough. And I don't think any of the receivers believe that they're being involved enough. But when you finally get an opportunity that you produce, that is all that you can ask for, number one, as a player, as a coach, as a fan, is when you get your number called that you go out there and produce. And he did it. He was excited. Um, I, this is the player that I think we all knew that he could be. And it was good to see him play that way. It was great to see him play that way. Cade Warner, five catches, 97 yards, two touchdowns. His best game of his career. Phillip Brooks had a couple catches, one for a touchdown. Ben Sennett had three more catches for 25 yards. On and on, Will Howard spread the ball out. And defensively, before we go to break, as many feel-good stories there are on the offensive side, some of those guys on defense, I mean, Nick Allen stepping into the middle linebacker position for Daniel Deuce Green, and I'm thinking this is good. This is going to be tough because he's got to chase down Sanders. Nick Allen led the team in tackles. He was a man all day long, and just it just amazes me. They played that well on defense. They pitched a shutout against a really good Big 12 offense starting – two interior linebackers who are former walk-ons from the state of Kansas. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that. It's just absolutely incredible. Those guys just, I mean, it seemed like they were in their playbook. I mean, honestly, it it literally looked like they were in Oklahoma state's playbook. They were everywhere. Anytime they tried to do something, they were right there. And maybe that's part of it. Film study. And again, Get your opportunities. I'm not saying the guys are better than the guy that's playing in front of them. But when you get your opportunity, that's part of what we were talking about last week with depth. Hey, you don't know what you got until you know what you got. And when the opportunity comes up, and that's what we talked about, you got to rise up. And daggone it, these kids did it. And it was awesome to see. Nick Allen led the team with eight tackles. He had uh, one tackle for loss, um, or half one, I guess. He shared that. And Austin Moore was second. Your two linebackers with five tackles, including a fabulous forced fumble on a completed pass that he rushed the passer, then made it downfield to jar the bar- ball loose out of the wide receiver. I think that sums up the kind of effort K-State had throughout the game. They were just in a different gear than Oklahoma State. If they can stay in that gear for – the rest of this season, they're going to beat everyone. I mean, they, they're, they're, we'll see what they if they can get to Arlington to play TCU in all likelihood. That team I saw Saturday, Brian Hanley, kicks TCU pretty good. They're going to kick yeah. everyone in the Big Twelve pretty good. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. If we got if if that team plays TCU last week when we played them, they blow TCU out. I mean, that's, they, they just do. And I expect to see now, granted, everything's not going to go, not going to shut everybody out. I'm not saying that, but I just expect this type of effort moving forward because I think they got embarrassed at TCU fits. I really do. I, agree. I think that they, they got in there and, and injuries, you know, whatever. I think they got embarrassed because they got in there. They got the lead. 
They knew what they had, and they let the game get away from them and completely fell apart. And I believe that they were embarrassed by that because they know how much better that they actually are. That's what I believe. Well, there's a big question surrounding the Kansas State football team and the program as we head into a game with Texas. It is scheduled for 6 p.m. Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's scheduled to be on FS1, but if there's no Game 7 of the World Series, we're told it'll switch over to Fox because that slot is currently reserved for Game 7 of the World Series. And be honestly, if it's Game 7 of the World Series, a lot of people won't be watching college football. So um, that's a very interesting thing. But we'll dig into the question looming around Chris Kleiman's program. Who starts at quarterback right after this break? This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat post-game podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudika Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast, your second edition. It's become a tradition now. Um, we have turned a problem with road uh, podcasts into a benefit for everyone. It's, it's Brian, we all win. Tim Fitzgerald and Brian yes. Hanley. Um, <laughs> it, and it's better for us. I mean, we can just kind of not have to hurry on a Sunday morning. Whatever. I'm just making exactly. myself feel good at this point. Uh, okay. So Kansas State gets off to a slow start this season. They lose to Tulane in a really unimpressive performance by the Wildcats offense. And then it seemed like Adrian Martinez shifted into a different gear. They win at Oklahoma. They start piling up wins. They're getting their work done. Um, and then he bangs his knee pretty good in a really physical Iowa State game that while he didn't have the big numbers, we both agree it was probably his best performance of the year because it was all about guts and determination and leadership. And part of that was he played through a knee injury. Uh, I'm just suspecting here. I have no information on this, but I have had a bruised kneecap. It looks to me like he's got a bruised kneecap. And what happens is your kneecap gets swelling and it won't track. It catches and it's irritating and it's painful. And most of your knee doesn't function. That's what it looks like to me when he's coming into the, the post-game press conference with his leg locked. They they decided he wasn't ready to go, so they went with Will Howard, who had played well in the first half of TCU. We know that story. No one could have ever imagined Will doing what he did. And now you've got this quarterback throwing the ball at an extremely high rate. And you also have this other quarterback who can run the ball with great effect, pass it well enough, and is an amazing leader. Coach Brian Hanley, who starts at quarterback against Texas? Well, I mean, here's my my thinking. If Look, they started Adrian Martinez for a reason. They did. Whether he was better, I don't know. Whatever the case may be, the coaches believe that he was better. If he is fully healthy and the 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 play, you know, I guess the the game plan. If it doesn't change, then you start Adrian. If you're going to change the game plan with him at quarterback, then I don't think you do it. 
because what we are doing on the offensive side of the football right now is working and works and I believe is the best fit for what we're doing as a team. So if the game plan can stay the same and Adrian can do that, then yeah, you start him. If not, you got to start Will Howard because he has shown that, I mean, I know that this, it was just one game, so I don't want everybody to just flip out and freak out, but it was also the TCU game. And until the play calling changed is when things fell apart. When we were super and ultra aggressive, it seemed like that fits Will Howard. We have to continue to do that. Are you going to lose something with running the QB run game? Yeah, probably. But you're also going to gain something, you know, short yarder situations. Will Howard can do that. And it's like not like he can't run the football either. So I just believe if we're going to continue with the same game plan, you have to continue to start Will Howard. Another thing to think of is that it's only his third game of the year. He's got another two or another this one and uh, even another game that he could literally play in and still redshirt. So I think you got to think about that. And, and if Adrian is, is healthy enough to do all the things that we need him to do, then yes, you start him. If he's not, then he can't, then you got to go with Will Howard. Yeah. I'm to the point right now where I'm going to stop trying to think about how they're managing this red shirt because Cole Carmody brought this up on, on the podcast we recorded Saturday night after the game. Will Howard has two years. He's got his senior year and he's got the COVID year. So he's got two seasons no matter what. The red shirt would be give him a third season um, out there. Uh, if he plays anywhere like he did, he's not going to be around for three seasons. No. There's, I mean, at this point, it seems silly to even worry about the red shirt. Play him. Just play him. He'll have two full seasons to go. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe he's the starting quarterback next year, and lo and behold, he's the one like Skylar Thompson that gets injured. And now you put the red shirt on him. There's a lot of things that can go on here, but I think you've got an opportunity here. This team could finish a regular season at 10-2. and two. They really could. Yep. It's out there, especially if they win Saturday. Saturday's their toughest remaining game. They're all got a challenge level to them, but that's the biggest one because Texas is a hard matchup for K-State physically. I, I just think that you just play what you need to play. Maybe you put them both on the field at some time together and figure out some way to gimmick that up. Maybe you shift them in and out. This isn't wouldn't be your normal quarterback shuffle in which one is not good. Um, you don't you just don't have one that's good enough to be the starter. You got two guys that have proven they can be the starter. Maybe you just find a way to use them or maybe that just screws up their rhythm. It's going to be a big question for Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman going forward. It is. It's going to be a huge question, but honestly and number one, I love what you said about the red shirt. You're exactly right, and I'm wrong. Don't worry about it. Just play him, and if he's he's good, then it, everything will take care of itself. But I don't believe that it should be an issue as far as the game plan. You got to play the guy that's going to allow you to do what is working. Game plans can shift. I mean, they shift within games if you're good. And, you know, if coaches are good at their job, they're going to change in game. They can change drive to drive, whatever it may be. But what is working right now is being ultra-aggressive. Adrian doesn't always show that he's going to be ultra-aggressive, and that is what Kansas State needs to be successful. That's what's working for us to be successful right now. So if Will Howard gives you that ability to continue to be super-aggressive, then you just have to do that and just move on. 
you know, it's just what you said. If Adrian is, is capable of doing that, I think you go back to him. But if, if not, then you just got to – I don't think you, that you should change quarterbacks. I don't think it should be, hey, we bring one in and we bring another guy in that throws off rhythm. That never works. It just doesn't work. I've seen it too many times. It, it just doesn't work. It just – because, number one, it's not just because of their rhythm. It's also, you know, the, the offensive lineman, everybody else, it throws off their rhythm because cadence matters. They don't speak the same. And it's just a lot of different things, a lot of inter- interchangeable parts. Even for a veteran team, an experienced team, that becomes really, really tricky. I just think whoever can run the current game plan and how we are playing the best, that's who you have to put out there. And I can just go ahead and say it. I believe that it's Will Howard. I think you just have to play him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You're going to have to um, find a way to get the most out of these two guys. And and that's going to be a real challenge. But um, I think uh, there's no reason why you can't have excellent quarterback play the rest of the year. Because if one guy's struggling, you just make the change. That's right. And they, That's exactly right. And from the way these guys behave, they're not going to mind. I mean, they'll mind. They're competitors, but it's not going to be a problem. It, they, they know that this is for the good of the team. So it will be very fascinating to see what Chris Kleiman does with this. And certainly we'll ask him on Tuesday about this. I'm sure others will, too. How do you manage this? What's the redshirt situation? And on and on. Um, I have a friend that I respect greatly as, as a guy who understands football. He feels like from maybe deciphering Chris Kleiman's comments after TCU about how they lost their momentum and they kind of lost their rhythm on offense, that he had kind of a a little talk with Colin Klein and said, we can't be as conservative as maybe you would prefer to be because Colin, just as a person, is a really conservative, laid-back guy. Um, and I felt like he – he was under the marching orders. You drive all the way through halftime and score as many points as possible. We cannot leave the door open at all because TCU came through it. And this time they put Oklahoma state away 35 to nothing and score that last touchdown with seven seconds left. That was the total opposite of how the halftime ended at Fort Worth. I mean, you, you gave up a drive, you three and outed, you gave the ball back and they scored and picked up the rhythm of the game. I feel like Colin would just kind of put the pedal down and didn't let up until they got way up and it was no use to putting the ball in risky situations. Absolutely. That's absolutely what happened. And if he had that conversation, great. Because again, we saw it with our own eyes. They let our foot off the gas against TCU when we had an opportunity to literally bury them. And we got ultra conservative, basically just trying to get to the half where there was no reason for that. Hey, go and go win the football game. Don't try to not lose it. And that's what we did. We tried to not lose it and ended up losing it. Go win the football game. Just get ultra aggressive. That's what they did. I think K-State actually on offense, I think we, we function better when we're super aggressive. I just believe that it does. And it opens up so many things and it opens up for dudes. I mean, it opens up so many different things in the run game and the pass game guys can get open. If they're playing and they're doing their thing, they will be able to get open. Also just give them an opportunity, give them a chance, yeah. throw the ball down the field. I know we've been yelling for it. They're doing it. I just, I think it's great 
that we said, you know what, we've got to be aggressive. We've got to be ultra aggressive because uh, to be honest, that's how college football is played these days. It just is getting down the field, chunk yardage, chunk plays. You can't nickel and dime yourself because kids make mistakes. That's the way it works. Coach Snyder was a master of, of just having a defense that just bend but didn't break and made you drive it down the field. Well, you can't do that. Athletes are too good these days. Teams are going down the field. We have to do that as well. Yeah. Uh, we saw the K-State defense take away those chunk plays for the most part from Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State never ran a play from the K-State red zone. An absolute no. incredible domination. And you speak of the offense being aggressive. This was an aggressive defense, too. And not just that they did bring some pressure and blitzes. Uh, brother, Felix Sandy Uzama is he's a violent man. He yes. he. He is the nicest young man off the field. You put him on the field, he is King Felix. He he yeah. wants to just embarrass you. It's he's fun to watch. That's all there is to it. Another sack. Case had three sacks in this game, um, and he has one of them. But he pestered them all day long. And then when Cleet Duke was eligible to play in the second half because of his suspension for a half for targeting, they put him at defensive end, and he pestered the hell out of them. It was just really something to watch how they got pressure with a three-man front, but they also would bring blitzes, and Spencer Sanders would just throw the ball away in a panic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the defense was playing lights-out football. Again, ultra-aggressive. Attack, attack, attack. Look, Felix couldn't be blocked. There were so many times they were trying to block him with two guys. He's splitting defenders, pushing their tackles around, They're always having a running back to come, just pushing them out of the way. I mean, he just could not be blocked. K-State was everywhere. And again, if your D-lineman is doing that, your linebackers are going to be able to run free. And the linebackers, like I mentioned before, I mean, they were just in Oklahoma State's playbook. They, I mean, I don't know. They must have picked up on their tendencies. They knew exactly what they were going to do, when they were going to do it, we stopped everything, and we just – it was a really physical football game from the defensive side, yeah. and we just stuffed anything that they were trying to do. It was really, really physical. The back end of the defense, those guys are hitting hard. They they really caught a break. Julius Brents was able to go, and so was Josh Hayes. And those are that's those two guys, guys are the heart and soul back there in many ways. Julius Brents was a good corner last year. I liked him. But he, I saw him do some stuff and not hit as hard as I thought he should. And, you know, I thought, oh, he could be better. Dude, he's really good this year. He's physical. Yeah. He's he's playing that corner position with a great deal of attitude, which you have to have. Yep. He's. I'm going to say this. This is a wild statement. He might be one of the better cornerbacks in K-State football history. The way he's playing but right then, now is pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Sometimes cornerbacks – think that we don't have to be physical or they, they don't have to be physical or they shouldn't be physical, that it's a finesse position because you're covering guys. Well, it couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of uh, cornerbacks need to be physical. That's how you play the game. And to be honest, the good corners in the NFL, those guys, those guys are physical. They tackle. You know, they put hands on people. They do those th those things. And that is how Josh Burns is playing right now. He's just playing a physical style of football tackling just manhandling receivers it, it's good to see I mean I, I just think that the way that he's playing right now I mean it's next level stuff I'll be honest with you it's just next level stuff 
Uh, I've seen a lot of cornerbacks come through K-State, uh, a lot of really good ones, guys that go to the pros. He's playing at that type of a level now, right now. I'm not saying it's going to turn into that, but the way he's playing right now, he's playing at that level. It's pretty incredible. There's a lot of guys running around this football field right now for Kansas State that might be NFL guys. They might have a lot of attrition with some underclassmen going out, but let's enjoy the ride. Do they pick up another win on Saturday, Mr. Hanley? Did they get this done with I'll- Texas? I think so, because, I mean, Texas is good. Let's not kid ourselves. I know we don't like them, and we shouldn't like them, but Texas can play some football. They, they have a good football team. Uh, they get physical in the right spots. The quarterback is really good. But if you pressure them, mm-hmm. because I'm still that offensive line is still shaky, if you pressure them, you saw what Oklahoma State did to him. He, he, didn't, he kind of buckled under all of that. Their defense isn't good. I will say that. Texas's defense isn't good. We should be able to have our way with them. You know, again, they have a big D-line, but we have a big offensive line. Right. I, I think people don't give credit for that. They think, oh, they got this big athletic defensive line, and they do. But we have a big uh, athletic offensive line, too. I think our guys will be able to handle what they do. Uh, their defense isn't great. Their back end, to, in my eyes, is terrible. I think we'll be able to take advantage of what we need to be able to take advantage of and on the defensive side of the ball for us, I just, again, I think we can take advantage of them up front and just cause all kinds of problems. I'm not saying we're going to blow them out. I just think it's a game that K-State can win and will win. That will be K-State in Texas on Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 6 p.m. kick. And uh, we've got a lot of work to do between now and then, including a pregame podcast. That's right. Brian and I will reconvene again. Um, you, you need to get your rest, sir, because i got to call you in like 60 hours to, to start all over this process. <laughs> Brian, I appreciate you making time for us on Sunday night. I'm, I'm glad you partied well. I went well. I'm glad uh, K-State gave you a reason to be happy. Uh, and uh, you got a little rest here today before you talk to me. I appreciate it so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Make sure you go check out their website right now. Caddy with two T's, Caddyshack Golf. Use code GPC on your next order. I'm Fitz, and we'll be back later this week with a regular questions podcast and the pregame podcast and then the postgame podcast and maybe a second one again. We will see. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. PowerCat.